Christians are weird, right? There's something is different about Christians. I don't know if you've noticed this. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But I remember in high school a while back, like in, at lunchtime in the quad, a bunch of the guys in our group, they asked another guy who was a Christian, they were like, do you watch porn? And he was like, uh, no, no, not me. And in their head, they responded going, huh, okay. And in their head, they're probably thinking how like weird that kid is. And, you know, they said, they said, do you even, do you like women? So weirdest thing happened then. Um, they, the Christian looked weird. Um, Oh, the last weekend, a guy called William Lane Craig came to church, and yeah, people people obviously heard about that. And he he gave a story about how he became a Christian, and he was saying, you know, like before he became a Christian, he he felt so unhappy and angry at people. And in school one day, he sat behind this girl who he said was happy constantly, you know, like the kind of person that was. So happy that it made you sick. And, and he asked her, why, why are you so happy? And she said, it's because I'm saved. She was a Christian. And there was something different about her, something weird. You know, most people, they don't like giving their money away. The government has to force them to give their money to the government for taxes. But Christians happily give money away every week at church and we can raise millions of dollars to build an auditorium. Is something wrong with Christians? Why are Christians different? The answer from this passage tonight is Christians have a God-given position, power and purpose. And that's what makes them different. So the first thing that makes Christians different is God has given them a position, a God-given position. Have a look at verse 1 with me. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. That is the Christian's new God-given position. See, sometime in the past, there was condemnation for everyone. Condemnation being God's disapproval and punishment for us for the way we lived our lives. We lived without God and we lived like we were God. We stole God's position and took it for ourselves, abandoning the position that he created us to fill. We've all lived our lives according to our desires and it's caused so much evil in the world. Our revolution against God has ruined us. And the result of that? Condemnation from God. We will be punished for our rebellion. But God loves us. And so in his love, he acts to bring about a new position for us. Instead of us standing condemned before God for everything we've done, he's given us a new position, not condemned, not 
guilty. Because of this new position God has given us, we will spend eternity with God in his presence. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the best news you will ever hear in your entire life. No condemnation. But how has he given us this new position? Well, verse 2, it's through Jesus that the Spirit has set us free from the power of sin and death. And we've been rescued from sin and death by the Holy Spirit. And he did it through Jesus. And so because it's through Jesus that he's brought about this new position for us, you only gain it if you're in Jesus. If you're not in Jesus, you don't and can't have this position. Being in Jesus just means joined to Jesus. And a few weeks ago, we learned that we, we become joined to Jesus by faith, by trusting Jesus. Well, okay, so he's done that. But why through Jesus? Why through Jesus? The answer is in verse 3. Have a look at it. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. We can only be freed from the powers of sin and death and escape condemnation because God by, because by God sending his own son on his life-giving mission and by becoming a human, he became the sin offering that we were meant to be. It had to be that way. We were unable to free ourselves from condemnation because of our sinful nature. We couldn't obey God's rules. And we were going to have our lives extinguished for our sin. So God sent his son to have that done to him instead of us. We can only have this position of not being condemned because on the cross, in Jesus, God condemned sin. So it won't be condemned in us. Verse 4 goes on to say we're made righteous, which is the opposite of what we were, because Jesus was condemned. Not that we've done something good, but because Jesus was good. And when we become joined to him, because he was righteous and was condemned instead of us, we become righteous. This is another part of our new position we have in Jesus. Now, where does Paul mention our part in this, in the passage? Nowhere. It's all God's doing. He's given us this position. It's like a scene from a movie called Act of Valor. It's like a kind of shooty, bang-bang movie. What do you call it? Action, that's it. It's an action movie. And um, don't, seriously, don't watch it. It's like the actors are real Marines, and so it's like good action and like actual proper action. But they can't act because they're Marines. It is seriously the worst dialogue ever. Don't waste your time. But 
In this movie, a CIA agent is captured by some Colombian drug lords or Venezuela, South American drug lords, Venezuela, probably that one, captured by these drug lords and, you know, tortured for a few days. And on the day that she was going to be executed, the Marines showed up. They, like, skydived in and they did some sweet stuff. They shot up some bad dudes. One of the Marines got shot in the head, but they eventually rescued this um, agent out of this camp. We're like this CIA agent. We couldn't save ourselves from condemnation. God came in at an enormous cost to himself, saved us, and gave us a new position. What does this mean for us if we're joined to Jesus in this new position? You looked at Paul the other day and you feel shame and guilt. You are not condemned. You feel like you're not good enough for God. There's too much sin in your life. You are not condemned. Whatever you've done, if you're joined to Jesus, you are not condemned. Rest in that assurance. Be joyful and thankful for the liberating love that God has for you. He sent his own son to give you this new position. Christians should be different. Our life should visibly show the joy and thankfulness we have. If you're not a Christian, join us and be not condemned. We want you to Share in the joy that we have in Jesus. The second thing that makes Christians different is Christians have a has a God given power. Come with me to verse five. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So here we've got, Two descript- or one description of two different types of people. Those of the flesh, which just means sinful nature, and those of the spirit. And what does Paul say about these two types of people? Well, those of the flesh, remember the sinful nature, they have their minds set on what the sinful nature desires. Things like hatred, jealousy, self-centeredness, sexual immorality. Their minds want to do what they want not the things that God desires. The person whose mind is directed by the desires of the flesh will receive death, condemnation. That person's mind is actually hostile to God. Not that it's always angry at God or like aggressive towards God, but just that it doesn't want anything to do with God. And so it can't obey God or please God. Their minds are focused inwards on what they want. The person of the Spirit is the opposite. Their minds are set on what the Spirit desires, on what God desires. 
The person of the Spirit receives life and peace, an end to the hostility between them and God, not condemnation. They can obey God and they can please God. How do you become a spirit person? What is the fundamental difference between these two types of people? Let's read verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. So what's the difference? The spirit person has the spirit of God living in them. That's what you need to be a spirit person, to have your desires set on what God desires, to receive life and peace. You need the spirit. Who are these people? Verse 4 shows us that it's the people whose position is not condemned. God condemned sin in the flesh so that the law's requirements would be met in us who live according to the Spirit. It's Christians. This is just a fact of who we are. We don't earn it. We don't try to make our minds desire the things that the Spirit desires. This is a picture of those who have been joined to Jesus by faith, who have been made righteous through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Those are the people who the Spirit of God lives in. Paul isn't encouraging the Christians he's writing to to make sure their minds are desiring the things of the Spirit or to make sure they become part of this spirit realm. No, he's saying they're already part of it. And this is the power that God has given us, the Holy Spirit. That's a power you have inside of you. We don't work for it. We have it. Nothing we do can change that fact. This is part of our new position. We're part of the realm of the spirit, not of the flesh. The spirit enables us and empowers us to desire the things that he desires. You know, things like the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. No wonder Christians are different when these are the things that they desire. Because the Spirit lives in us, we have the power to be loving. We have the power to be patient. We have the power to be self-controlled. I think you'd agree that without the Spirit's power, it's hard to be self-controlled. I before I became a Christian, I'd like call myself a Christian, but I couldn't I wasn't very self-controlled and I didn't really want to do what God told me to do. Deep down I didn't really want to obey God. I couldn't I didn't have that self-control. But because of the power of the Spirit that we have, the power that we have in the Holy Spirit, we can obey God. We can please him. The Spirit's power causes us to. He's freed us from sin and death and he's given us a new position and the ability to live out that position. We're not living under the burden of sin anymore and even though we'll eventually die physically, the Spirit will raise us from the dead. We will have life again with God. Now, There's another 
movie. Um, anyone heard of Ong Back? It's like a, it's a, it sounds weird. It's a martial arts movie. Um, it's made in Thailand and oh, it's average. You know, you see it if you want. That, it's not great. But um, towards the end of the movie, like there's this fight scene going on and one of the guys is on the verge of death. Like he's, I think he's been impaled by a pole or something, so you can't expect that he's nearly dead. But he finds a syringe of adrenaline. Now, I don't know if you've seen many like action movies where they use a syringe of adrenaline, but when you inject a syringe of adrenaline, it can cure pretty much any wound, and you know you get up straight away and you fight even better than you were before, all because of this syringe of adrenaline. It's like you go super saiyan with adrenaline. And so this dude ends up winning, and I don't know what happens at the end. I don't think I watched the end. For us, with this new position, God has injected us with the power to joyfully obey him and fiercely fight sin. Remember who you are and the incredible power God has given you to overcome sin and please him. Rely on the God-given power you now have and seek what the Spirit desires with that power. If you're not a Christian, you can't please God unless you join the realm of the Spirit by trusting Jesus. So do it. The third thing that makes Christians different is Christians have a God-given purpose. Have a look at verse 12 with me. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So because us Christians have that God-given power, because we're in the realm of the Spirit, not the flesh, we have an obligation, a purpose. But our purpose isn't to live according to the desires of the sinful nature. Our purpose is to put sin to death. And we're to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our position is not condemned. We now live in the realm of the Spirit, so of course we have to live by the Spirit. Of course we have to kill sin in our lives. We have a purpose to match up our new position with, with our lives. And we do that by the power we've been given. It'd be stupid not to live that way. Imagine you know, Barack Obama being given the position of president, right? And he's like, hmm, today... I won't run the country. Uh, No, your position is to run the country. You have to do it. He has an obligation to do it. Or imagine someone flying in on a plane and he's spent like thousands of dollars to get first class seats, but 
he decides to go sit in a, like cramped, uncomfortable economy seats. Like, what an idiot. He's, he's bought a ticket for first class. That is the dumbest thing you could ever do. It, one of the dumbest things you could ever do in your life. He's obliged to fly in first class because his ticket is for first class. God's bought our ticket, but it's not to live according to our sinful nature. It's to live according to the Spirit. So we need to put to death sin. That's the purpose God's given us. And the result of that will be life. Not because we've earned it, but because that's a gift from God for people who have been given this new position, power and purpose. If you're one who lives your life according to your own desires, not God, someone who doesn't trust Jesus, then your position will remain condemned and you will die. Trust Jesus and let him set you free from sin and death because he loves you, he wants to do it, and he will give you life. Those of you who aren't condemned because of Jesus, we're at war with the sin inside of us. And God's given you the power to overcome it. Fight sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Plead for his help. What's the biggest sin for you right now? You know you shouldn't do it. Put it to death. Maybe talk to your leader about ways you could be doing that. Christians are different. We want to put sin to death. We're different because God has given us a position, a power, and a purpose. And it's only by his love and grace that we've escaped condemnation. So let's thank God for that. Father, we want to thank you so much that despite the fact that we were condemned, rightfully condemned, despite the fact that we were your enemies, you sent your own son to die and be condemned himself so that we won't be condemned. Thank you so much for the love you have for us and for showing us your love in Jesus. Father, we pray that you help us remember that we are different once we become joined to Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Please help us to remember that, remember our position before you, and help us to fight sin. Help us not to be complacent. Help us to hate it, and help us to love obeying you. Amen.